about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. God, I'm uh, go ahead and take your Bibles this morning. Going to continue talking about the kingdom of God, trying to get the revelation over to myself and to people, because basically uh, God is looking for a people who live in victory. Praise God, who represent Him, who shows that they're from a different country, who walk around with smiles on their faces, who are walking in victory even when things don't go right. How many of you know things sometimes aren't going to go right? Praise God. But that's the difference between us and everybody else. A kingdom person continues to stay on the word of God no matter what, continues to keep their joy no matter what, continues to stay upbeat, continues to speak the word. They don't go down in depression and moaning and whining and hollering, praise God, because we're a victorious people, aren't we? I said, aren't we? Yes. All right, praise God. Go to, go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Thank you, Ted. Praise God. I'd give you a front row seat, but that's as far as you can go right now. Praise God. That's it. 2 Timothy chapter 3 this morning. Look at verse, let's just look at verse 7. We could read through the whole thing, but we'll do verse 7. It talks about people who are ever learning and never able to come into the knowledge of the truth. So it's talking about people in the end times here. It's talking about things that are going to go on in the end times. How many know that people who are coming into knowledge, now it could be talking about spiritual knowledge or it could talk about natural knowledge. In other words, you can have a thousand PhDs and still not operate in the spirit of God at all because you've got natural revelation and natural understanding. So it's not enough just to learn information and more information and more information and get some more information and get some more, more understanding. You need to learn wisdom. Say wisdom. wisdom. You read about Proverbs, wisdom is a powerful thing. What is wisdom? Wisdom is your ability to apply the knowledge that you've received. So as you get spiritual knowledge, it's good to, to sit under the Word of God. It's good to hear the Word of God. It's good to hear about the kingdom of God. But if you're not applying that with the wisdom of God to your life, you're not going to see any change. You're going to be ever learning, yet never coming into the knowledge of the truth. And that's important because when you know the truth, you will be set free. So basically, that's why a lot of people in the church in this day and age go to church every Sunday. They go to every Bible thing. They go to everything, but they're not growing and they're not free. They're bound in every area because they're not using wisdom to go along with the knowledge that they have received from the Word of God and the understanding and applying it to their own life. So basically, here it says there are people who are ever learning, but never coming into the knowledge of the truth. So the secret to a full life in the kingdom of God basically is getting, not getting more knowledge. That's the first step but getting wisdom to apply that knowledge in your life. Knowledge is very necessary to get understanding, but then you should grow in something called wisdom. Say wisdom. wisdom. All right, go to Hosea chapter 4. You know the scripture anyway, if you can't find it in your Bible, just open up to Matthew and pretend like you're following me along, everything will be all right. <laughs> okay, Isaiah chapter 4, verse 6, what does it say? I just want to see if anybody was there, I just had a check. Yeah, my people are destroyed, how? For lack of knowledge. Now this is God talking about his people, say his people. How many of are you are his people? You are. So his people, and everybody wants to talk about what the devil's doing. Everybody wants to talk about what this person's doing. Everyone wants to talk about the government's doing. But notice he didn't say the government's going to destroy you. He didn't say basically the devil's going to destroy you. He said a lack of knowledge basically is going to destroy his people. So basically there's no knowledge there. And let me give you an example. I've used this many times, but I think it's the best. There was an elderly couple who were very poor, and all at once they applied for some kind of a, a contest, and they ended up winning the contest. So they won a cruise for nine days. 
So they were all excited, and they won the cruise, and they got their little ticket, and they went to the cruise area, and they showed it to the guy, and he said, come on aboard. You've got a free cruise for nine days. They got on the cruise ship. They were so excited. They got to their cabin. They could see the water out because they got a balcony cabin. Oh, this is so nice. And they were in there, and the bed was real nice, and everything was nice. And they opened up their suitcase, and they had some cheese and crackers in there because they just wanted to sit there and watch everything, and they wanted to be in their room, and they wanted to spend time in there because they got a free cruise. They want a free cruise. So the first day went by, and the buffet was out, and they were in their room eating their cheese and crackers and they had the show and they were in there eating their cheese and crackers and they were in there the first day and the second day and the third day they were just so excited to be in the room they were just so happy about it and the fourth day and the fifth day and the sixth day and finally on the ninth day the captain says these people that we gave the free cruise to I haven't seen them one time so he went and he knocked on their door and said hey how's it going oh it's great the cheese and crackers have held out We're seeing the ocean out there. We're doing this, doing that. He said, well, I haven't seen you at the buffet. I haven't seen you at the spa. I haven't seen you at the pools. I haven't seen you anywhere. Have you been? And they said, we didn't know that this was an all-inclusive deal, but it was too late. It was the ninth day, so therefore they went without things that they had, but they didn't know they had, so they didn't have knowledge of those things, didn't partake of them things. I'm talking about you now. Leave the old people aside. <laughs> See, we're talking about us now, aren't we? We get into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, what's the kingdom of God? I'm going to heaven. What else? I'm going to heaven. What's going to happen? I'm going to heaven. What else is going to happen? I don't know. I'm go- so what do we do? We spend our whole life eating cheese and crackers. A lot of cracker eaters, praise God, in the body of Christ. Come on now. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Praise God, it's got to do basically, it's got to do with knowledge, doesn't it? If they'd have had the knowledge, how many know they'd have went to the buffet? How many know they'd have went to the spa? They would have did all these things. But we as people in the kingdom of God are doing the same things. We're born as babies into the kingdom of God, then we're remaining babies in the kingdom of God and not understanding everything that came along with the kingdom of God to us. Therefore, we're living by just what we're taught in little areas of our life. And we're living without healing. We're living without power. We're living without authority. We're living without victory. We're living without peace. We're living without joy. All these were all inclusive when you were born into the kingdom of God. They are not things you're trying to require. They are things that belong to you, basically. Let me give you an example. You know, sometimes when you read the Bible for a long time and you see different scriptures, you try to make up something that fits the scripture because you can't really understand it. Well, there was one time when Jesus was preaching and they brought in this guy. They carried him in. Remember, he was paralyzed. And they opened the roof up and they dropped him down in front of Jesus because that's the only way he got there. And Jesus said, son, your sins are forgiven. I thought, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. He didn't come there for confession. Right? He came there to get healed. And they said, nobody can forgive sins. Well, Jesus said, it's just as easy if I say, rise, take up your bed and walk. So he says, arise, take up your bed and walk. What was he doing? He was teaching on the kingdom. In the kingdom, there's not just forgiveness. There's healing. It's all inclusive. You don't have to pick one, pick two, pick three, walk in forgiveness and be sick or be healed and, and walk in unforgiveness. Everything is in the kingdom of God. It's in the kingdom of God. It's just as easy for healing, for forgiveness, for anything else because it's all inclusive in the kingdom of God and we can take advantage of everything that's there. So we've got to be careful that we don't stay ignorant in the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God ways and our rights and privileges that have already been given to us because the church is doing that, then they are not a good example for the people who are on the outside. There's got to be something different in your life if somebody's going to actually gravitate for you and want it. How many know if you're thoroughly depressed, nobody's going to gravitate toward you? How many know they already know how to be depressed? They've been doing it. They don't need A, B, C, D, 1, 2, 3, 4, how to be depressed. They are doing it on their own, praise God. So they need people who are walking in their rights, walking in their kingdom. But the whole kingdom of God is now at our disposal if you've been born again in the kingdom of God. How many have been born again in the kingdom of God? Well, praise God, that's good news this morning. Go to Luke chapter 16. Glory to God. I'm telling you, this kingdom of God stuff just gets more and more exciting every single day. I'm telling you what, it's just every time you think you reached a plateau, do you ever do that when you get a little revelation and think you got the whole revelation of God? Even to a place maybe you can teach him a little something on the side if you get an opportunity. Uh, and then you find out you just got this little niblet, a small degree, and then you move on to something else and you get a little bit more and you get a little bit more. And if you keep after it, how many know if you seek, you will, if you knock, the door will be open to you, praise God. So you just keep seeking, you just keep knocking. All right, Luke chapter 16, look at verse 16. 
Jesus is talking. He says, the law and the prophets were until John, talking about John the Baptist, since that time the kingdom of God is preached and every man presses into it. All right, Luke chapter 16, it says the law and the prophets. Now notice Jesus didn't come to bring new laws. How many of you are glad about that? He didn't come to destroy them or get rid of them. He came to fulfill the laws and what the prophets had to say. In other words, he was the fulfillment of what the prophets prophesied. He was the fulfillment of the law because he made us in a righteous position where we can no longer have to overcome the laws on our own self, but because we have the Spirit of God on the inside of us. So the laws and the prophets, what do they do? They brought us knowledge. Say knowledge. But notice, their knowledge was of a coming Savior and a coming kingdom. That's what the prophets prophesied about. That's what the laws were all about, about a coming kingdom, about a coming Savior, about someone who is coming. Now, Jesus comes along and says, don't have to do that anymore. He says, don't have to do the law and the prophets. He said, I fulfilled them. In other words, I fulfilled what they said was going to happen. I happen to be the Savior. I happen to bring the kingdom of God. But now, after John the Baptist, what's preached? The kingdom of God is preached. Well, now, if Jesus said that himself, if I want to be a preacher and I want to follow Jesus, I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. If I'm going to follow him, then I've got to follow what he told me to preach and what he preached. Amen. Otherwise, I'm not following Jesus. I'm following another pastor who didn't know what he was doing. Come on now. No, he said at that time, it's done. Now, you've got to, what you want to do is preach the kingdom of God. So after John... Because Jesus was born, now we don't have to look forward to a Savior because the Savior is already here. We don't have to look forward to a coming kingdom where there's peace and joy and power because the kingdom is already here. here. So that takes us from hope to faith. Now faith is the substance. Anything above that is hope. If you're still hoping for the Savior to come, you're not in faith because faith is now. Are you following me? So when he came, I'm not hoping for a Savior. I have one. I'm not hoping to get in the kingdom. I am in the kingdom. I'm not hoping to get healed. I am healed. I'm not hoping to get blessed. I am blessed. Why? Because I have entered into the kingdom of God. All right, go to Mark chapter 9. All right, Mark chapter 9, look at verse 1. And Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that there be some of them that stand here, which shall not taste of death, till they have seen the kingdom of God come with what? Now, who's talking here? Jesus is talking here, right? Now, if I just have this one scripture and threw the rest of the Bible away, it would tell me that the kingdom of God is not yet coming. Because if it is, there's someone who's over 2,000 years old Look at it. Verily I say unto you that there be somebody standing right here who's going to see the kingdom of God come. Well, everybody preaches the kingdom of God is still coming. Then there's somebody around here who's 2,022 years old somewhere because he's going to see the kingdom of God come. How long do you know there's nobody around? So the kingdom of God isn't coming. The kingdom of God is here right now. Apparently somebody saw it who was there at that time. So the kingdom of God is available. Look at verse 2. And after six days, Jesus takes with him Peter and James and John and leads them up on a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his raiment became shining, exceeding white as snow, so that no fuller on earth could white them. And there appeared unto him Elias and Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. And Peter answered and said unto Jesus, Master, man, oh, it is good for us to be here. Hallelujah. How many have ever said that? And let us make three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, one for Elias. For he wist not know what to say, for they were sore afraid. And there was a cloud that overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son, hear him. Okay, so Jesus takes his disciples, the three pillars of the future church, up on a mountainside. There, all at once he's standing there, and who appears? Moses and Elias appear. Now, why did Moses apply? Why was he there? Because he's the one who brought the law. Why was Elias there? Because he was one of the main prophets. There was a prophet there and there was Moses there. The law was represented and the prophetic was represented. And Jesus got there and basically was saying, great job. You did a great job, Moses. You brought the law for when we needed the law. Prophet, oh, we're so good that you prophesied to me coming, but I happen to be here now, so don't prophesy I'm coming anymore because I'm already here. And he just closed those two books. Then he opened a new book. And the new book was a book of the kingdom of God is already here right now. It's here now. So, so that kind of stuff don't have to be anymore. You don't have to prophesy in the future because the future is now a now. Amen. So we want to put off everything into the future. 
You have power? Well, someday I'll have it. No. You got power right now. Well, if I go to church four more times, I ain't going to help you. Praise God, you got power right now. Might help you in your power or whatever, but we put things off to the future of the kingdom. Now watch what the Father says. This is my beloved Son. And what does he say? Hear him. Say hear him. In other words, don't hear that anymore. Don't hear the law anymore. Hear him. What did him preach? Him preach the kingdom of God. Come on, let's ain't that deep. It's just common sense. You see? Hear him. Why? He's going to preach the kingdom of God. Why should he preach it? Because it's here. He's not going to preach the kingdom of God is coming. Why? Because it's here. He's not going to preach your deliverance is coming because it's here. He's not going to preach that you're going to be filled with the Holy Ghost someday because it's here. So it's all here. Every part of it was already here. So he said, now hear him. What's he going to do? He's going to come along and say, the kingdom of God is like. What can we compare the kingdom of God like? The kingdom of God is like this. The kingdom, what is he trying to do? Explain the kingdom of God to people because it's here. Why explain it to them if they can't partake of it anyway? The kingdom of God is coming. Don't worry. You can be healed. You can be blessed, but it's not here yet. When you die and go to heaven, yeah, when you die and go to heaven, I guarantee you'll be healed and blessed. And you'll have peace and you'll have joy. But he's talking about a kingdom here on the earth, that heaven coming to the earth realm. All right, go to Mark chapter 1. Glory, 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 glory. All right, Mark chapter 1, look at verse 15. Now, we read this a lot in Matthew chapter 4, 17. Jesus comes, time has fulfilled the kingdom of God as I had. Repent. Okay, look what it says here. Verse 15, Jesus is talking. The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand or here. Repent and do what? And do what? And do what? Now, I always read it from the other scripture, the kingdom of God was at hand. I'm supposed to repent and do better. I'm supposed to repent and struggle harder. I'm supposed to repent and quit sinning. I'm supposed to repent and straighten up because the kingdom of God's here. But he made it very simple. He said, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the good news of the kingdom of God. Say believe. believe. So if I'm going to repent, it probably means I wasn't believing the kingdom of God beforehand. So I need to believe what the kingdom of God and who I am now a citizen of the kingdom of God is now. So I want to repent and believe. I don't want to fight against my faults. I want to believe that I'm someone who doesn't do those faults anymore. This, this will take you right out of religion if you can get a revelation from this verse right here. You'll never fight against sin again. You'll never fight against any problems you've got again. You'll believe that's not you and you'll release it out of your life once and for all. You're not a worrier anymore. You can claim to be that. You're not a fearful person anymore. You can claim to be that and tell everybody about it. But that's not who you are. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Those things passed away. All things have become new. And all things are of God. Praise God. And you have the divine nature of God on the inside of you. And through those precious promises, you can partake of the divine nature that's on the inside of you. And the divine nature is not fear. It's not worry. It's not rejection. It's not being down and out. It's not being all messed up. No. It's the divine nature. So I'm going to believe. What the kingdom of God brought me. Am I a new creation? I may not feel like it, but I am. Why? Because I'm going to believe what the kingdom of God has brought me. He made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. Am I going to believe I'm healed? I definitely don't feel like it sometimes. But, but I'm going to repent. And I'm going to believe the good news of the kingdom of God that says I'm healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Praise God. See? So what am I doing? I'm changing my, my trier to a believer. See? All Christians are believers, but nobody believes. Are you a believer? Yes. What do you believe? In Jesus. Well, good for you. Good for you. It doesn't even tell you to seek first Jesus. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. So as I seek the kingdom of God, I start to get revelation in the kingdom of God. So the kingdom basically came. Why? Because the king came. The kingdom came, the king came, and all at once, everything that we were fighting to do in the Old Testament to become we became, not by us trying to do it, but by what he did on the cross with his blood. All at once, righteousness was available. The anointing was available. Peace was available. Everything was available. When he went to the cross, he not only made us righteous, but he returned somebody by the name of the Holy Ghost who could now live on the inside of us, and he would be on the inside of us basically to help us believe the, the provisions of the kingdom of God in our life that would change our lives. All right, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Are you getting this this morning? Yeah. Am I going too fast? No. I can't help it anyway, so I ain't going to slow down. I just want to know. 
All right, scripture we know, but everybody reads over 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Look at verse 20. For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him they are amen unto the glory of God by us. This tells you here that all the promises of the Old Testament that were future when Jesus came are no longer future. All the promises now are, and they are, amen, as long as you're born again in Christ. So all the things that they were desiring, all the things that we were missing and desiring became yes and amen when he came here basically from the cross and did it. So all the future promises are now Yes and amen. What mankind longed for, what they wanted, what they kept begging for, what they kept trying to believe for. And here's the thing. People get in the kingdom of God then spend all their time believing for things that already belong to them. And if you don't get the revelation, then they get mad at God for not giving it to them when he already gave it to them. See, they couldn't get mad on the ship at the captain. Well, I don't know why he didn't do something. I mean, we, we wanted to go to the buffet, but he never, never gave us a ticket to go to the buffet. They didn't know they had a ticket, but they didn't need a ticket to go to the buffet. It was already there. So we're seeking God for things that already belong to us. And by doing that, how can God give you something that you've already got? Amen. Are you following me? And if just because we don't step into the believer part of it, we want to blame God. No, God already said repent and believe. Say believe. believe. So all the promises in your life today are not future. They're not for tomorrow. They're not for the next day. They are for today. They're yes and amen right now. Provision is yes and amen right now. God has already provided for them things. So how do we get them? We hook up with him. I mean, you do better if you agree with God. If you disagree with God, you don't do very well. If he says you're healed and you say I'm sick, and he says no, you're healed, and you say I'm sick. He said by my son's stripe you're healed, and you say I'm sick. How many know there's a good chance you're not going to be able to receive from the kingdom of God, see? It doesn't work that way, basically. So what do we want to do? We want to repent. We want to believe. All right, now look at verse 21. He starts right out and says it. For all the promises of God are yes and amen under the glory of God by us. Now, say now, yeah. he which establishes with you as Christ and hath, and hath, and what is hath anointed us is, I'm just a praying for the anointing. I'm just a believing God for the anointing. Come anoint, come anointing. Oh, there it is. No, it's already there. You're anointed. You hath, hath been anointed. Now, when you believe you hath been anointed, you'll start acting like someone who is anointing, and the power of God will flow out of your life and start healing the sick, casting out the devil, and raising people. You see? Well, I never felt anything. It doesn't say. He has made us feel something so that we're anointed. It's not in there. He already says, I have anointed you. You're already anointed. Do you understand? Well, the pastors are anointed. Yes, we are, but so are you. See, and before it was just, I'm anointed. You people out there might become anointed someday, but I am the one who's anointed. That's right. Give me an extra $20, and the anointing will increase. So I get it on your... No. No, I'm a normal person like you are with anointing of God to do what I'm called to do, and you have an anointing in your life, the same Holy Ghost. You didn't get Holy Ghost brother. You didn't get his kid sister. You got the same Holy Ghost that I got. Come on now. My God, it's the same Holy Ghost. We all got the same Holy Ghost on the inside of us, so we can all do those things, praise God. Hallelujah. So you have an anointing. Say, I have an anointing. All right, go to Hebrews chapter 1. All right, Hebrews chapter 1. Where are you, Hebrew? There you are. That is, that is not a blessing to the kingdom. That something different out there. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, yeah. All right, go to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians, I'm sorry, Ephesians. I was going to do it, but now since we're going to Medicare, we're going to kick back into Ephesians chapter 1. <laughs> All right, are you there? Ephesians chapter 1. Look at verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who 
hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings and gifts in heavenly places. Notice, well, hath blessed. Say hath blessed. Well, I don't understand why that guy gets blessed all the time, and I never get blessed. I don't know why God don't bless me. God must like somebody well, better than he likes me. And he's like, no, 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 you just don't know you're blessed. He has blessed you. Blessing is already ours. Since you're under the kingdom of God, trust me, you were blessed. But we're taught to go after that blessing then. Get enough faith to get that blessing. No, get enough faith to believe that blessing belongs to you, not to get it because it already belongs to you. Praise God. All right, go to 1 Peter chapter 2. Unless we're directed in a different way. I'm so glad I've grown up as a pastor. There's times when you first start out, something like that would happen, you'd just lose it. My whole service is destroyed. <laughs> and then you start praying for people, and they start laughing, falling down, rolling around while you're preaching, doing somersaults, screaming, hollering, running out the back door. And you get used to things. <laughs> things don't really bother you that much anymore when stuff happens, praise God, so... All right, 1 Peter chapter 2, are you there? Yeah. Look at verse 24. Talking about Jesus, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye, ye, ye were healed. Now, were to me is present tense, not future. It doesn't say by his stripes you will be healed. It doesn't say you might be healed. It says ye were healed. So I'm going to see myself and believe that I am a healed person. And when something hits my body, it doesn't change the fact that I'm a healed person. I'm going to use the knowledge and wisdom of the word in my life to drive that thing out of my life. Amen. Notice, not just the knowledge, the knowledge and the wisdom of that word. Are you following me? Everybody's got the knowledge. We, we just did prophesy. Something comes against my life, I prophesy. But most of the time, something comes against our life, and I complain. <laughs> See, it's one thing to sing the song. It's another thing to apply wisdom to what's going on. So it makes a big difference, doesn't it? So remember the one time Jesus came back from the, when he first got baptized in the Holy Ghost, and he came back, and the devil showed up? Say the devil. Yeah. Now notice, this was the big D himself. People think the big D's after him. He's not bothering you. It's a little D. You understand? There's only one D, one big D. And he, he's probably not bothering with me or you. He's probably after a bigger fish than me. Are you following me? But Jesus was against the big D. And the big D came and gave him all these things. And Jesus just said, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone. He didn't knock him on the floor and cast him out. He didn't bind him. He just took the word of God that he had in him that the Holy Spirit brought to remembrance at that time. And he simply said, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Right in the nose. See? What was he doing? He was taking the word of God or the knowledge of God that he'd placed on the inside of him. Said he'd put on the inside of him. And then the Holy Ghost is there to remind you of the word that's in you for situations so you can release that word and live in victory in every area of your life. Are you following me? So if you don't have any word in you, how many know when it comes time uh, to have it brought to your remembrance... It's going to be hard for the Holy Ghost to find something to bring to your remembrance for you to pull the trigger on to get that thing out of your life. Are you following? So here's the knowledge. I'm putting in the knowledge, but it's in there on the inside. The wisdom comes when the Spirit of God and gives me that word in a situation, and I grab onto that word, praise God, and I hang onto that word, and I'm staying by his stripes I've been, by his stripes I've been, by his stripes. It's getting worse. By his stripes. The doctor said it's no. By his stripes I've been. Well, Uncle Susie died. By his stripes I've been. You're never going to make By his stripes I've been. I'm going to hang right on there because it's not something I'm trying to get. It's something that belongs to me. Amen. See? I'm blessed and prosperous. I'm blessed and prosperous. 300,000 in death. I'm blessed and prosperous. How are you doing today? Blessed and prosperous. How's your finances? Oh, we're so blessed and prosperous. We're blessed and prosperous. In the natural, I don't know what we were. You can't even say anti-blessed. I guess really unblessed, I guess you would say at that time. But you got, you'd stay on the word. It wasn't me who said that I would supply all my needs. It was God who said he would supply all my needs. So then God just going to have to do it if he keeps his promises. And we always sing that he does. Well, he does. So I've got the scripture, and what do I do? The Bible says we can tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. 
So praise God. Let's go to that. Go to Luke chapter 10. All right, Luke chapter 10, look at verse 19. I'll oh, get back to verse 18. I know he didn't like that scripture, so I'm going to read it. And Jesus said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall ever hurt you. So notice, he was giving it to his disciples on credit because they couldn't really have it yet, but Jesus was giving it on credit. Once he suffered and died and paid the price, we don't have it on credit anymore. We have the power to tread on serpents and scorpions, which represent demonic entities, which represent circumstances, situations, problems that come into your life, you have the ability to walk or tread on these things, and you have that ability now. Now watch what he says in the next verse. That's why it explains 20. Jesus said, notwithstanding in this rejoice, not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are what? In other words, don't rejoice that it worked this time when you came against the devil, because the reason isn't whether you saw it work or not. The reason is, is because you've been born into the kingdom of God and your name's in the kingdom of God and you are now a citizen of the kingdom of God. Because see, if it works or not, it may not work and work. But if you're in a citizen of the kingdom of God, it never changes. Can't change that. So are you healed? I'm a citizen. Oh, you know you're healed. I'm a citizen. Do you feel healed? No, but dang it, I'm a citizen. Are you blessed? Citizen. Holy and righteous, citizen. My name's written in the Lamb's book of life. Can't do nothing about it, praise God. Can't do a thing. I'm a citizen. It's healed, blessed, and anointed. That's who I am. But see, he puts the reason behind it because he knows we get out. And if not, you'll start praying for people and somebody will get healed. And you'll get all excited the next person won't get healed. And then you'll, oh. and then the devil will come along and say, told you didn't have any power. Don't you lay hands on somebody else. Or they die. That's worse yet because they'll come along and say, you killed them. They weren't dead till you put your hands on them. Then you're thinking, I'm going to church like this next week. Don't want to touch anybody. But no, you've got to remember, you're a citizen, and that's why you have the ability to do all these things, because you are a citizen in the kingdom of God. All right, go to Proverbs chapter 3. If you, if you study the life of Jesus, you're going to find out that he came as a kingdom citizen with a completely different life than what you see in the world today. You never see him worried. You never see him stressed out. You never see him freaking out. I mean, he walked up to a tree that wasn't producing fruit, and he didn't even get an axe and chop it down. He just cursed it, and it died. See, everything was so simple. A storm came. He simply stood up and rebuked it. That's all he did. Why? Because he had authority. He had power in his life. He was a kingdom citizen. He didn't have to do all the stressful things we're trying to figure out to do all the time because he knew all of it had been done. They were fishing all night, didn't get any fish in their net. You know what he said? Fish! Psh, filled up the net, and it came in, brought it all in. Why? He was a kingdom citizen who acted on the word of God by the spirit of God, and things that were natural were overridden by supernatural spirit. Wait, wait, feel it there. There it goes, right there. Feeling it, praise God. Yeah, you can override the natural realm. That's not the real realm anyway. The spirit realm is the real realm. And when you operate in the spirit, you change things that are in the natural realm as a kingdom citizen. All right, Proverbs chapter 3. You all know this scripture too. Look at verse 5. It tells you to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord and depart from evil, and it shall be health to thy navel and marl to thy bones. Now watch, as you study the word of God and you get knowledge on the inside of you, just through the word of God in different areas of your life, it will help you to trust him take care of things rather than you take care of everything. See, the, one of the biggest things we got in our life is a spirit of self-dependency that's got to be broken off our life. Anything that comes into our life, we'll take care of it. We can handle it. We can figure out how to do it. We can do it. But he's telling you to trust in the Lord with all your heart and not lean on your own understanding. And how many know we were raised in society to be self-dependent? 
It's all up to us. We've got to work hard. We've got to do this. We've got to do that. Oh, we've got to do, we've got to have the things that we own. We've got to protect the things that we own. We've got to get the things that we own. We've got to do all this stuff. So the Holy Ghost comes on the inside of us, and he starts to change your mind. That's what happens when you repent. The Spirit of God's in you, and he starts putting the word in you, and you start seeing things differently. For most people who get born again, and you tell them they need to give, how many know that that doesn't register? Give 10% of your earnings to the church. What? If I know that, I'd have stayed in the other kingdom. Why? Because their thought life's out there someplace. They don't understand that everything they own is God's anyway. They don't understand this stuff. So there's a constant renewing of your mind going on by the Spirit of God on the inside of you. And here it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Say all your heart. All your heart. Now, now notice, for a long time, I was trusting in the Lord with some of my heart. See, I was trusting Him to do it. And at the same time, I had plan B going over here. Many times I prayed, then tried to answer my prayer. Come on now, I'm telling you the truth. This is where I was at one day. So I'd pray, Lord, I need $20. And then I'd tell everybody in the world that I needed $20. Why was I doing that? Because I was hoping somebody would give me $20. And when they did, I said, praise the Lord. He came through. And God said, I didn't do anything. You did it. See? So sometimes we pray, but we still have our contingency plans. We have our way to solve the problem. But that's not trusting the Lord with all your heart. That's trusting the Lord with some of your, with some of your heart, see? It's not trusting with all. So we want to trust the Lord with all our heart. We want to pray. We want to believe God. We want to line up the Scripture. Then we want to allow God to do what God's got to do. And if you get in a spot, the best spot you can be in, which is a terrible spot, is being in a spot where you can't do anything. Amen. It's God or nothing. That's where we're at. What are you going to do? God or nothing. That's, where, that's the only place we can go. That's what we can do. Smith Wigglesworth prophesied a long time ago. He said the coming generations will have a problem. They're going to make God a second chance God. He said the more and more. I'll tell you what. You're an American. You lay hands on somebody and it, it, it's, it's almost hard to get, especially people who are born again, healed anymore because they're going with four, four different things. They've got 18 different options. You go to Africa and somebody gets a headache, they ain't got Excedrin. They ain't got no bear. They got nothing but a headache. So they go to the only place they can go to get rid of that headache, which is God, and instantly the headache's healed. I mean, you, you watch some of these missionaries over in Africa, some of these play, people throwing their crutches down and arms growing out and all this. You think, woo-hoo-hoo, I want to do that. And then you try it here and, and nothing happens. Somebody had a hangnail and got healed, and you're rejoicing because that's all that came out of that. Why is that? Because people have second and third and fourth and fifth and sixth and seventh options. And, and God, if you'd like to step in any time, you can step in if you'd like to and you do that. Do you see? But here it says, trust in the Lord with how much of your heart? All of your heart. All of your heart. Every little bit of your heart, everything that's there. So that self-dependency, again, once is there again. If you need finances and for something and it lines up with what God wants, then you've got to go to the Word of God and you've got to trust the Word of God. And, and that's when you grow. Amen. See, that's when you use the knowledge and wisdom you got and it works in your life with nothing else involved. Nobody else knew. That's why don't tell everybody your problems. Because somebody will want to solve your problems. Somebody will want to be your God. And sometimes it's out of compassion, and sometimes it's just out of like They feel bad, so they want to do something about it. But see, I want, I want God to get involved. That's why I don't preach my problems from the pulpit. Amen. I don't preach TCVC's problems from the pulpit. Why is that? Because I know God's in charge, and he's just going to have to deal with whatever's going on, praise God. And if he can't handle it, where else am I supposed to go? How many Excedrin pills can you take, for God's sakes? You see, so we're going to blame God. And it's the same way with, you know, there's, there's teaching out there, and there's nothing really wrong with it, but the, about, about prosperity. Everybody's going to be prosperous. Everybody's going to have a lot of money. Everybody's going to do these things. Everybody's going to do this. But prosperity is not really a doctrine. Prosperity is a byproduct of you entering the kingdom of God. And if you just seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be it doesn't come in by claim it and claim it and name it and claim it and claim it. Now, it may work for some people. That's fine. But that's not what the Bible tells you to do. The Bible tells you to seek first the kingdom of God. And all these things will be. So it's added. Seek first the kingdom of God. And heaven came with it. Seek first the kingdom of God. Peace will come with it. Joy will come with it. How many know there's peace when you get attacked, but you know what to do? Amen. You lose your peace when you get attacked, and you ain't got no idea what to do. Then call somebody who may know. You know, call somebody. If you call me and the Holy Ghost gives me a word, I'll give it to you. If you don't, I won't. I'm not going to make something up to show you how smart I am. 
See, I want somebody touched. I want them healed. I want whatever. So if I got a word for you, I'll give it to you. I sent that song to Luann this week. I said, here's your song for the week. Don't worry. Be happy. Haven't heard that song forever. And I can't get rid of that stupid thing. It's all over me. I can't get it away. I don't know why that is, but that's just the way it is. So notice here it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now look what it says. Look at verse 9. Oh, look at verse 8. It, this shall be health to your navel and marrow to your bones. Well, how's that going to help my physical just by trusting the Lord with all my heart? Because you're going to stop worrying and being afraid of every problem that comes to you that eats up your physical body and gives you stress and gives you sickness and disease. And now look at the next verse, verse 9. Honor the Lord with thy substance. Oh, no, just when we were doing good. And with the first fruits of all thine increased. But notice what happens if you just do that and trust him. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Glory to God. Well, I want that. I want the second one. I don't want to stop at the other one and quit. So what do I want to do? I want to give. I want to do these things. All these things are contingent on you giving, having the knowledge, and using the wisdom to do it. A lot of people know to forgive. That's great. That's great knowledge. But they don't use the wisdom too. A lot of people are offended. And they know the word, and they'll tell you about not to be offended. But how many know they still are offended? See? So all these things has wisdom to them. Do we have to apply it? Say, apply it. Apply. All right, go to Psalm 92. All right, Psalm 92, look at verse 12. It says, the righteous, say, that's me. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like the cedar of Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of the Lord. Now, this is an easy scripture for us because we live in Florida. We have palm trees here. And if you've ever been through a windstorm or a hurricane, you notice that the palm tree, it almost can bend all the way over. And it just snaps right back up after the wind quits. It doesn't get uprooted. It don't break off. It don't do anything. It's just down and up, down and up. And he says, this is the way the righteous do it when they're locked in the kingdom living because storms come and they may bend a little bit, but they end up in... In other words, when, when economic hard times come, they prosper instead. When sickness is running rampant, they walk in divine health at the same time. Why? Because they're like a palm tree. Even though those things come and they blow us halfway down, we just come right up on the other side, basically, because that's what you are. So notice, you're like a palm tree. Say, I'm a palm tree. I'm a palm tree. All right, go to Psalm 91. Should be pretty close to where you were. Look at verse 5, talking about you. You shall not be afraid for the terror by night or for the arrow that flies by day nor for the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor for the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand shall fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Hallelujah. I mean, no, that's a good life. That's a carefree life. Everybody around you is freaking out, losing it, going crazy, doing everything else. But you don't. People are foreclosing on their houses and you're buying new ones, praise God, at the same time. People are losing their jobs. You're getting a raise. Hallelujah. Why is that? Because we're kingdom living. We're walking in the things of the kingdom. We're walking the kingdom away. We're trusting in him with all our hearts and leaning not on our own understanding, basically. So our, and our life then starts to take a different look, don't it? I mean, if, you, if everybody's losing their house and you're talking about the three houses you're buying, how many know they're going to wonder, what the heck? How did you? Everybody's getting sick. Flu, COVID, whatever you want to get sick from, but you're not getting it and you're not doing terribly some of the CDC guidelines, which you should be doing. <laughs> Dear Lord Jesus. I mean, we want to trust in all that stuff, but we don't want to trust in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the God of Gods. And I'm not trying to put guilt on you this morning. Because once again, you are walking in a path, and you are somewhere in that path. And maybe you're not at the path when sickness comes around you to say, by his stripes I'm healed. Maybe you don't feel that way. So praise God, don't feel guilty. Just keep growing. 
and stay in the Word of God. You've got knowledge on the inside of you. Most of you have been in the Bible enough where you've got every scripture, the Holy Ghost, and you've got full ammunition. You understand? You've got a full load, praise God, or whatever that thing is called up there. And it, it's ready to pull, magazine. You've got a full magazine in there, praise God. And the Holy Ghost is just waiting to pull one out, praise God. Pull one out. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Some of you came in here worrying this morning, and, and the Holy Ghost pulled out, don't worry, be happy, and shot it at you this morning. What did I do? Drove that worry away this morning. Said, so what am I worrying about? My gosh, at least my renter didn't throw me out and I lose my house and uh, all this stuff. So what are we doing? We're using what's on the inside of us. That's wisdom. And the Spirit of God is the best at wisdom. Go to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, look at verse, well, I was going to start in verse 9, but I've got to back up. Let's go to verse 7. Verse 7 says, but we speak complaining, moaning, worrying, fear. No, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. So what was the devil? The devil lives in the natural. He don't know anything. He's really stupid. So he sees Jesus going around preaching the kingdom, getting excited, doing the preaching kingdom things, people getting healed, people getting delivered, destroying his kingdom. So he thinks by killing Jesus, he can kill the message. I mean, no, he made a boo-boo. Killed Jesus, 120 came back up, and now there's people all over the world preaching the same thing, and he says, my bad. That was my bad. So here it says that none of the princes, if they had known, they would have never crucified him. All right, look at verse 9. Let's talk about this. But as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear has heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. Do you love him? Yeah. But God has revealed them unto us by his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knows no man but the Spirit of God. Now look at verse 12. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, dependency on ourself, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are, things that are, things that are, things that are freely given to us. So all these things as you enter the kingdom of God belong to you. They're all there. They're all for your disposal. Now you've got a teacher on the inside. You've got somebody on the inside who's showing you that the anointing belongs to you, that shows you that healing belongs to you, that shows you the power belongs to you, shows that peace belongs to you, righteousness belongs to you. It's the Spirit of God on the inside of you. And all these things are freely given to you. You cannot pay for them. You cannot qualify for them. So what should we do with them? I'm glad you asked. Look at verse 13. Which things also we what? Speak. Say speak. speak. We speak them, don't we? So if I find out I'm healed, what am I going to speak? I'm healed. Look at verse 13. Which things we also speak, not in the words with man's wisdom teaches. What did man's wisdom teach you to do? To claim everything in the natural realm that you see. I'm poor. I'm down and out. I'm sick. I'm broke. I feel bad. I'm terrible. I do this. I do that. But he says you've got to speak of the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God will never tell you to worry, will never tell you you're sick, will never tell you you're down and out, will never tell you you're a loser, will never tell you, and people are looking for significance, and they're looking for to be liked and known by people, and the way that you do that is through God, for God's sakes. It doesn't matter what people think about you, it matters what God thinks about you. So now what I've got, I've got dependency. Why? I know God loves me. I know I'm doing God's stuff. I know the Spirit of God's working on the inside of me. I don't have to worry. I don't have to be fearful anymore. I can walk in victory 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I can walk in divine health. I can walk in prosperity, all these things. Not because I'm something special, simply because I was born. Amen. See? How many of you could get a driver's license when you were of age? What did you do? Did you, did you wave a flag on the side of the road for 20 minutes and they left you do that? No, you got born into the United States and when it was time, you just got it because it was free for you. You don't even think about it in the natural realm. I'm American citizen. That belongs to me. Well, you're a kingdom citizen. It belongs to you. See, we've we got we to parallel the two here to understand. But everything in the kingdom of God belongs to you. Don't let the devil come along and steal it. We sing this joy, you know, the world can't take it from me. Oh, yes, it can. It's doing it. See? 
Well, we ain't going to let it. We're not going to take it from. We're not going to walk in fear. We're not going to. We're going to catch ourselves. And if you catch yourselves and be quiet, say be quiet. It's very hard to hear the Holy Ghost when you're talking. So when something hits, I wait a little bit. And believe you me, he's got ammo all over in here. He can give me on every situation, no matter how bad, how little, how strong. So I'm going to trust in his way out of this situation. Not, I'm not going to call the experts to get out of it. I'm going to go to the word of God and find out what he wants me to do. And you'll be surprised the words that will come up, the songs that will come up that you haven't heard in 25 years. Oh, once this song comes out anyway, and you're walking around the house singing it, and she'll say, where'd that come from? Says, I don't know. I haven't heard that thing since we went to Benny Hinn's, for God's sakes. But it was in there. How I many know it's in there? Something about when you're a spirit being, once it gets in there, it don't get spoiled. It don't get rotten. You don't have to dump it out and get some new milk. Praise God, it's in there the whole time. And he'll pull it out whenever you need it, praise God, and give it to you. So that's what the Holy Ghost is on the inside of us for. So we've got knowledge. Now what we have to do, we have to learn how to use that knowledge and use the wisdom of God in every situation in our life. That's how we walk in peace and joy and victory. And that's how you minister to other people. That's how you do it. And there's a... There is a... No, there's, there's a caution you've got to have, especially if you went through something someone else is going through and you got free of it because the Holy Ghost may not get them free the same way that you got free and you want to use your way of getting free and they're not going to get free in that area. So you just can't say, well, this is what I did. Well, that's great, but that might not be the way the Holy Ghost ministers to them because their problem is from a different source. Are you following me? So you got to be careful. You just can't use that over and over and over and over again. No, you listen to the Holy Ghost now. It's a different person. They've got the problem not for the reason you had it, Maybe your family hated you and you got it, and maybe they've got it for a different reason, and you're, are you following? And sometimes that's trusting in our own understanding again, in a way, see, and then it doesn't work. So we're going to trust in the Holy Ghost and the ammunition that we have on the inside, and what are we going to do every week? We're going to put more ammunition in. I've heard that before. Yeah, well, you need to hear it again. It's a favorite word of everybody. Well, I've heard that preached on. Have you did it yet? Come on, everybody comes and say, oh, we get so much information on TCVC. Are you changing at TCVC? I don't care how much information you get. I don't care if you're the smartest person in the world, biblically right now. It ain't going to help you unless you're doing what it tells you to do in there. Praise God. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. I give you praise and glory. Holy Ghost, man, I just thank you for being on the inside of me and everybody here. I thank you for bringing the ammunition that we need when we need it. As we get quiet, I just thank you. You give us the answer to every single thing that we need to do in this natural realm. I thank you for signs, wonders, and miracles, even in our own life that people may not even know now. Praise God. And we just thank you for the word that you've given us, the power that you placed on the inside of us, and the knowledge that you're turning into wisdom for us each and every day. We love you so much. We just thank you for what you're doing in our life in this church. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right, we'll see you Wednesday night. shall be added onto you.